episode 151. And we're doing something extra special today because we don't have the captain here and everyone knows when the captain's away. The mice will play. Well, no, I'm not going to call ourselves mice. This is Brahm and Jamie will play and we'll invite... Our old friend, not from foggy London town anymore. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Oh. Patrick. <laughs> yeah, special guest. Special guest, Chris O'Donnell. Straight from LA. That'd be awesome no. if you got Chris O'Donnell. I am. Yeah, you got to, I, I guess I need an update here. I have not talked to Patrick in years. Yeah, actually. Uh, and he's not in foggy London town. Uh, update the listeners and update me. Oh, uh, wait. Do people know where, what state you guys live in? <laughs> Yeah, 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 in general. Yeah. The general stay. You don't have to give a, a town or a town. specific address. All right, yeah. You don't have to say, like, Kyle is in Rochester or anything like that. Oh, oh yeah. About right. almost exactly one year ago, we moved back to the United States. And we okay. moved back uh, living the dream, living in my, my parents-in-law's house and, until we could find a house. Which, spoiler alert, uh, we, we are closing literally tomorrow on our house. So, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Back in the U.S. Living, living the life. Back well, in the good back. old USSA. Yeah. Are you still in the in the world, the arena of soccer, or no, 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 no? no. Went, went back a little bit closer, back to academia, a little bit closer to what uh, what what my brother Jamie does, for the most part. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, I was I was all prepared if you were going to be on to ask you about the World Cup. We got the World Cup going well, on. It's Not coming to home. The episode too much. Everybody knows it's coming yeah. home. Do you know what that means? You know what well, that means. Coming. Do you know what that means, bro? No. Oh, it's what they say in England. It's coming home because football was invented in England, so football is oh. always coming home. And this oh. year, they're definitely not going to be smashed by France in the next game. To date the yeah. episode a little bit. I've been watching. I've been watching all the games. I watched them again today. Argentina uh, won in a blowout. Yeah. Uh, or not Argentina. No, 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 Portugal. No, no, no. Portugal. 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 Yeah. Portugal. Welcome to uh, SoccerCast. Yeah. The yeah. premier soccer podcast. But how about you? Anything new with you? Not quite. Uh, we just had our, our reboot last last week uh, for episode. Yeah, Patrick, wait a second. Have you not? Did you not listen to episode one hundred and fifty? Wait, what? Wait, what? It released. We released an episode last week. Last week? No. Yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, we did, and all this update would be there. You aren't a super fan like we are. I already listened <gasps> to it. I was on a run. Listened to my dulcet tones of my own voice while running around. Uh, no time to die, huh? Yep. Well, now it's on. It's in my podcast feed live. Just updated. There, there we go. I'm going to listen to it on a run tomorrow. Condensed version. I moved to Columbus, Ohio, and I got a new job. I work for the largest organization in the world. Which is? Wait, no, you shouldn't say. <laughs> it's uh, the Illuminati. Oh, that, that, makes, that makes more sense. <laughs> I didn't know what you were saying. What you were saying. It's Comcast but, would be uh, my second guess. Comcast? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's number one is Illuminati. Then it's Comcast. Two, it's Comcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll I have to look up how big... many people they employ because yeah. maybe you're right. You might be right. It just, it's one of those things. When I lived in, to bring it back to England, when I lived in England, there was a company that did internet called Three. And I, we only had it because you were allowed to pay month to month, which we enjoyed. <laughs> Didn't have to have a contract because we had no idea how long we were going to stay in England, really. And uh, they had like, a hundred thousand employees and it was it was insane because their website was an absolute catastrophe all, all the time it's just absolutely the worst i didn't understand how you can have a hundred thousand employees and it's just such a disaster technologically but so comcast i'm sure is the same 
It probably has like 5 million employees. <laughs> uh, I'm on AT&T now nice. with the uh, fiber optic. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Yet. But it's amazing. It's very good. I recommend it. Well, Jamie's been having fun with the internet, but we should maybe move on from internet talk. Yeah, I'm not going to talk <laughs> too much about my internet situation because uh, I think it, you know, it would bore the listeners as it's bored Patrick many times as I've recounted all the craziness with my uh, internet providers. But uh, yeah, I think we should get into this because it's a jam-packed episode. Uh, we like to do this, do these ones a little fast because spoiler alert, this is not a movie. Not a movie. Um, and so... We've had this same trio before on a sister of the show that we watched tonight. Really? Mm. This this same trio. Yeah, you, Patrick, and myself. We, we did the uh, previous... Was we that Sub Rosa? Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. Dive, 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 dive. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. So yeah, Brom, what did we what did we watch for tonight's episode? We watched NCIS LA. So a spinoff on the West Coast there, NCIS Los Angeles. We had previously, as we mentioned, previously watched NCIS, the the flagship, the original series, uh, a one episode uh, story. Uh, this is a two episode arc, though. We got a yeah. We had a a cliffhanger, season ending, season uh, five final episode, and season six opener. Uh, it was called Deep Trouble, right? Episodes one and two. Yeah, so I think it was Deep Trouble and then Deep Trouble Part Two, as far as I can tell. That was not a part one, Deep Trouble, and then Deep Trouble Part Two. Um, and yeah, it bridged season five to season six, and. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think I want to ask as resident NCIS expert, mm-hmm. Patrick, mm-hmm. Um, LA is a spinoff of the original NCIS. Yes. Was it the first spinoff or their previous spinoffs? No, it was the first spinoff. So this one was, okay. yeah, they, they pitched it, I believe, as the, the buddy, the buddy duo of LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell. The third one was NCIS, Los, oh, sorry, New Orleans, which is was a Bacula mm-hmm. vehicle, of course. Everyone knows that. Right. The Bacula vehicle. And then uh, now you have another one, right? NCS Hawaii? Hawaii. Yeah, I believe Hawaii, yeah. 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 It's a new NCIS. Um, and you watched the original where they spun this off, right? Because it was yes. just, what, what do they call it? Like a backdoor pilot or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they had a backdoor pilot, which, um, yeah, one episode of NCIS, they go out to Los Angeles and they meet there. Their LA counterparts, which is effectively, for the most part, it's like kind of a janky set, looks like shit. And, but then they have the power that one, two punch LL Cool J, Chris O'Donnell. And then that episode, did you watch, did, it, did either of you watch the episode? No. No. Okay. So basically, in that episode, they very clearly, like, were very conscious of the fact that maybe this won't get picked up. Maybe people won't really like it. But also, I think mainly. Wait, they were, they were concerned about not having an LA Cool J 
Chris so, O'Donnell vehicle. So I think it, it was part part of that, but also partly my guess is that they didn't know whether Chris O'Donnell will sign off sign would have signed mm. on for a full year or like a, a multi season deal that they wanted him on. So at the end of that backdoor pilot, uh, there's a car bomb explodes and you're left on the on tender hooks because you don't know whether Chris O'Donnell it's he's dying in LL Cool Cool J's arms in the street. So that's how they ended. So I actually never watched any other episode and I never watched any of the uh the pilots or anything to yeah i wonder if the premiere they have him like mention how he recovered from the car bomb almost i mean they would have to right because everyone would be would have known i mean i don't know this the whole thing seems (laughs) a little bit you know i'm not gonna (laughs) not to comment too much on the show but it seems like they spend about four minutes of character development at the at the top of an episode and the rest of it's just real weird solving of crimes (laughs) like super weird crime solving stuff yeah Oh, yeah. Uh, but fortunately, Jamie and I did watch both yeah. the season finale and season premiere, two-parter here, Deep Trouble. Uh, we'll clue you in okay. a little bit, Patrick. You can fill in some blanks okay. and uh, share any information you know about the dynamic of NCIS. Of course. Um, but uh, this one stars, uh, as we said, LO Cool J and Chris O'Donnell in kind of that buddy cop role. Uh, other people you might recognize, uh, Eric Christian Olsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognize him obviously as uh, Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. Er, the uh, yeah. the prequel. saw it in theaters. I me saw, and Patrick, me I and Patrick saw that in theaters. Yeah, yeah well, he was also in a he was in another um, submarine show. Yeah, episode. Oh, hey, spoiler alert! Okay. But yes, he was in Beer Fest, right? Yes, oh, he's yes. one of the Germans in yep. Beer Fest. Yeah, yep. uh, and he was also in uh, Fired Up, which is actually oh, a God. very underrated right. uh, comedy. Uh, Dan- Daniela Rua, I, th- I think's her name, plays Kenzie Bly. She was one of the. Uh, she's uh, she's Eric Christian Olsen's partner, uh, right. Marty and Kenzie. Obviously, a love interest going on there, mm-hmm. as we find out. Um, Miguel Fair, uh, he he was uh, in Twin Peaks. He played the uh, the uh, more Riley uh, CIA agent, kind of opposite of uh, the um, Dale. What's his name? Agent Dale Cooper. Uh, his kind of uh, counterpart was was Miguel Fair. He's in this. Seems to be a ball busting uh, boss of sorts in this. Uh, and then Linda Hunt also plays a boss character, Hetty. Also, also ball busting, but in like a in a way that everyone likes her, but then yes. everyone hates the other guy, Owen Granger. Yes, <laughs> interesting dynamic there. Don't know enough about the series, but. Uh, <laughs> One of those you, you could kind of just jump in. I didn't feel too out of place or lost watching this, except for for one aspect of the show, which we'll, yeah. we'll comment on. We'll, we'll get to, I'm sure. All right, shall I jump but, into this? Yeah, take it away. All right, so we open and there's a gang, and they're like having this whole cool thing going on where they're like spraying fire at each other with liquor, and then one guy wins, and the guy's recording. He's like, "Whoa, that guy totally won!" But then a body falls off of this bridge, and he's like, "Whoa, check out that body." And then that opens up on NCIS. And we know, because it's NCIS, or NC, yeah, NCIS, that it's, it's got to be uh, something having to do with the Navy, right? Everything's the Navy, right, Patrick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're specifically brought specifically. in to investigate naval officers, which apparently drop like flies because there's, you know, 25 that murders a them. year that they, in the Washington, D.C. area specifically that there's a deal with. Yeah. They also, I mean, I, I did find it amusing just how much they all discharge their weapons. It's like just constant. There's like, they'd be like filling out paperwork for days. 
uh, every episode. But um, the body falls. They they get called in because it turns out that's a submariner. Submariner has been missing for several weeks, uh, reported by his wife, and here he shows up. And they they're like, okay, do you think it's suicide? Whatever. So they go off to like talk to the to the wife, and they also do they find out. Oh wait a second, the guy was dead before he hit the ground. Like he was he was dead. He was tossed over the uh, bridge apparently, um, because he was he, overdose. Yeah, he had a co- cocaine overdose. And they're like, wait, that's weird. A submariner. They're all buttoned up. Uh, you know, they're supposed to they're psychologically go through a lot of testing and stuff like that as well. He had had no history of um, drug use, no problems with his uh, service, and basically like barely drank and anything like that. So very suspicious situation uh, going on. The wife is obviously devastated, um, and it's basically like, no, it can't be. He didn't do drugs. And then, so they're yeah, they're a little, like a little, little weirdly acted there. I was yeah, like, it almost was kind of coming across that she knew something about what happened to him. Yeah, he she. This was a, a lady who was very um, adept at uh, welling her eyes with tears. Uh, her tear, her eyes were like filled with tears constantly, uh, to the point where I was wondering if there was some kind of shenanigans, shenanigans going on in order to get her so welled up with tears. Um, uh, something uh, else that was confusing me here, though, if these are Navy criminal investigators, how are they just now finding out about a sub submarine captain that's been that's been missing oh, for right, for four weeks? Yeah, maybe that doesn't make it all the way up to them. Maybe that's like a lower level. Yeah, they should have yeah. had someone else at NCIS come in and be like, oh, that was my case. We still haven't figured it out. Like, okay, get out of here. They do, it's now our case. They do suggest in the original NCIS, there are some suggestions that, that in that case, it was Gibbs' team. But Gibbs', and T, Gibbs team was like the all-stars. But there were other teams. So it is possible that it was just they thought he went AWOL and they were just like trying to track him down. So. Yeah. So and you, and uh, and Brian, you're gonna have to help me out here with some of the movement around because the the different groups are kind of like flying about at this point. Um, you know, you got you got you got this. We are introduced like, to the uh, Hetty. She's uh, in her kendo lessons. Right. Yeah. So I was gonna say, <laughs> first we get Linda Hunt, and she's basically doing a kendo. <laughs> And they, they, they kind of tried to make it seem like you wouldn't know who, who it was. But even some me, who I've never seen an episode of NCIS LA, but I knew generally that Linda Hunt was in this. I was like, oh, this is definitely Linda Hunt. They're going to play this as a joke because you have this like four foot eight or whatever uh, woman who's like beating up all these people in her kendo lesson. Um, and she takes off her her helmet or whatever. And, and uh, uh, Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer comes in and is basically like, you're in big trouble. Head back to Washington. And she's like, oh, because of the white ghost situation. Wow. And of course, yeah. we're thoroughly confused because we haven't watched any of NCIS Los Angeles. And apparently there's some white ghost situation in Afghanistan yeah. that blew up in their faces. And she's in trouble now. And so she has to like leave. Everyone is like asking about her. And I, I don't know. She came off a little bit like rude. They kept on coming up and being like, hey, is everything okay? And she's like, get back to work. <laughs> What's just asking if it's okay? You look like you're having a you know some issue. You're their boss, your beloved boss. They just want to make sure you're okay. And she's like, "Fuck off," <laughs> uh, basically. Um, and so she's like, "Yeah." She she kind of like gets all packed up and leaves. And uh, Miguel Ferrer is uh, in charge yeah. uh, for she the time being. Weird like uh, Q James Bond quartermaster vibes. Got like like Far East cutlery all over her walls and whatnot. Kind of seems to be the eccentric character. Yeah, she's like a weirdo, which I think uh, a bunch of these people are kind of weirdos. I found Deeks, they're all characters. Yeah, Eric Christian Olsen. I found him very odd uh, in the entire thing. 
Um, but then they they eventually track down the that, that that there's something having to do with drug dealers. How did they do that? Or did they they found something having to do with the? Oh oh, oh yeah, they tracked down. They're the, trying to pursue the the phone video. Right. So they they're able to track down that someone has had was in contact on a phone in the area at the time that the body was dumped, and they find the kid who was recording that video at the beginning, and he basically points to this uh, to these uh, white supremacists as the source of the. Um, uh, of the cocaine and so they go out there it was a shootout of course uh and they end up having to throw they're forced to throw a grenade back into the the building and it all blows up and so all the people yeah. die including a woman who's in there like an innocent like hostage uh but they they make sure to tell you don't worry she was killed before we threw the grenade in there like they, they yeah, want to make, you, so they weird. make they it were, very clear still <laughs> under fire though they're all there none of them are wearing armor or anything they make even a case to say like even after the grenade goes off they make a case to say like you're all alone you aren't getting back up they got these like dramatic like shots of each of their faces like oh my god one of us is gonna die kind of vibe and then it cuts to a commercial and then comes back and everyone's just like being escorted out like with ems <laughs> services and whatnot yeah. And I guess, oh, like, oh, everything went okay. Like, you didn't, you didn't get to see any of the gun battle or anything. It's like, oh, they, they took care of business. Yeah. But there was a lady who was killed uh, in the blast, uh, but prior to the blast. And they, they have, like, a burnt-up ID, but they're eventually able to identify her as being the wife of, um, you know, someone who builds ships. And so they go off, uh, uh, Alec Cool J and Chris O'Donnell, they go off to talk to him uh, while uh, we see Marty Deeks, uh, Eric Christian Olsen, uh, and his partner Bly, uh, they end up getting in contact with. Uh oh, it's a, uh, a uh, what is it? Drug drug enforcement DEA agent. Yeah. And uh oh, Deke seems to know her, and there's like a lot of sexual tension going on between Deeks and Bly. And Deeks and Bly are like, no, we're not dating. But like Bly's also super jelly this whole time, and it was very misogynistic, and I don't support it. <laughs> But very funny to see on network television basically them being like, um, chat fight? Are the claws going to come out? And me being like, whoa. It's like, Jamie, it's like from like the like, 70s. NCIS being misogynistic? I don't, I don't believe you. This cannot possibly be true. And Jamie, be honest with us, though, too. Kenzie or Talia, which one would you pick? Mm. They look, honestly, they look kind of identical. They're like identical <laughs> people. Uh, I think probably the DE agent. Yeah, I'm Talia Del Campo all day. I, I can agent. never... I don't know who these people are, so I'm still going to say <laughs> Ziba from the original NCIS, please. Thank you. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> basically this their whole... I find... I, at this point, I found Eric Christian Olsen's and these the, the two women, their, their storyline to be so crazy because what happens here is that basically LA Cool, LA cool J and Chris O'Donnell, they head off to talk to this guy who's basically like i just built a submarine for these people and they're like you did what and he's like yeah i built a submarine for him. like apparently he had like he had like his business was failing or something so he decided to build a submarine for the narco sub for these drug dealers not knowing who they were in bed with or anything and then they took his wife as collateral or something he's like oh, i didn't mean for her to die he's like oh this guy's a total idiot like get him out of here and so they head off to the marina where this thing is supposed to be and they end up finding uh, people there. They, they attempt to arrest them, apparently not very well, because then they go over and they see the sub and they're like, okay, uh, Chris O'Donnell's like, okay, I'll go on there. Al Cool J's like, yo, I'm like uh, uh, a little afraid of tight spaces, a uh, little claustrophobic, so I'll stay out here. And Chris O'Donnell finds someone in the sub, shoots him, 
discharges his weapon, obviously. Uh, and then Al Kuji comes in and is like, hey, is everything okay? And then they get kind of uh, ambushed by the two people they arrested inside, but apparently didn't handcuff well enough or whatever. Um, they come in, force them into a front hatch, and launch the submarine. And Whoa. so, like, you have you have Eric Christian Olsen off doing bullshit while these two people are trapped in a submarine. And then that's cliffhanger. Right there, that is cliffhanger for the next season. They're are off you on the, the submarine going off. Are you on the edge of your seat right now, Patrick? I'm, I couldn't believe what you just said, that they've, they're now on a rogue submarine. That's unbelievable. Actually, unbelievable. A narco sub. And, and you, if you saw the computer graphics of that submarine, wow. you'd be like, whoa, did they, was this uh, uh, James Cameron? Is this Avatar? <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> it looked pretty good. <laughs> did not. <laughs> uh, I did want to note something. So I took some notes during the first episode just because some of the stuff was like blowing my mind. So as we take this interlude into episode two, I did want to say <laughs> there's a lot of pants jokes. Did you notice this, Brian? Where they were like talking uh, about pants a lot? No, I so, didn't actually. So at one point they were like, where's your sense of More sensor? or less than Jungle Cruise? Uh, probably less. Jungle Cruise had more. But uh, in the end, El Cool J at one point was like, where's your sense of adventure? about oh, something yeah. and chris o'donnell's like um I, m- I must have left them in my sense of self-preservation pants yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is one of the worst jokes i've ever heard and it basically my brain broke in half when i heard that <laughs> joke i was like i can't believe anyone would write that and have chris o'donnell say it i can only imagine chris o'donnell wrote it himself i'm like i'm saying this line and i was like okay fine i guess you can say that line they, they say it with such confidence though it's yeah. like they just say everything as if they're really feeling themselves and then, uh, and then the other uh, pants joke, the other pants joke I wrote down was, uh, he said, uh, how do you, oh, that guy's going to run. They're looking at the drug dealer and they got, that guy's going to run. And, um, El Kuchi turns to Chris O'Donnell and goes, do you know how I know he's going to run? And Chris O'Donnell says, cause it's 85 and we're both wearing jeans. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you just redeemed yourself cause that joke is good. And then he actually does have to run after the guy. And I was waiting for him to be like, ah, fucking jeans. I guess he ran around. But Instead he didn't. he's like, must be late for class. Yeah. So I didn't want to pull those out before we get into the other ones because I found it funny that they, they have so much banter. So much banter. They even make fun of how much banter they're having later in the episode. They're trapped <laughs> in a submarine. They see a death trap. It is truly like a dire situation where they're probably going to die, which is probably every, every episode of NCIS LA. But in the middle of them almost dying, Chris O'Donnell literally cannot stop <laughs> making jokes, just quipping away as they're like neck deep in water in a submarine. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, okay. So then we <clears throat> open up on episode two. And it is kind of funny how the dynamic is here because they had to fill it up. They had to fill this episode up with so much bullshit because what, what's happening now is Chris O'Donnell and Ella Cool J are trapped in a submarine and that's it. That's it. It's like trapped in the submarine. They have to keep on trying to figure out ways of doing stuff. So at one point, El Kuja hangs like some keys from the ceiling. He's like, I want to know which direction we're going. So the keys are like moving left and right. He's like, oh, we're going here. He's doing a bunch of math because he's a mathlete. They keep on making a a, a point that he's like uh, a math guy, a science guy. And so he's like doing all this math. He's basically like, where are we heading? Where are we heading? And eventually they realize it's it's a bomb. So like they basically replace the cocaine on the submarine with fertilizer. Now, they created a big bomb, and the people driving it are jihadists. So classic uh, 2000s uh, network television um, where it's like some Arab terrorists who are going, and they realize they're heading towards uh, a naval ship um, to try to blow it up. Which was, It was funny as they were going through all the different possibilities of what attack they were doing. And I was like, you're in L.A. Aren't they going to just head to San Diego where there's like a bunch of military stuff? And the answer was yes. That's exactly where they're heading, to San Diego. 
uh, to attack an aircraft carrier. So they're sitting there, and eventually, I know everyone on land realizes <laughs> that they're on the submarine. Like, oh, what are we going to do? And apparently, what they're going to do is solve the mystery of where all these drugs are. So we see, uh, we see uh, Eric Christian Olsen head off and literally track down intricately. First, he like grills the white supremacist in a terrible interrogation scene where he like pretends to have whiskey and like pretends to you know tell this guy that he's going to be dying and stuff like that. And eventually, the guy gives up exactly where all the drugs are. And they track down the drugs and they like are able to capture like oh, all the drugs you hear from that submarine aren't you happy guys and literally everyone at ncis la who they're talking to are like um no because ll cool j and chris o'donnell are still on this goddamn submarine and we just heard that the navy's gonna blow it up and so everyone's like oh yeah kind of putting a damper on our giant drug bust in the end kind of lame that you just said that and so they had to fill up this whole episode with them like solving a drug bust which i'm not even sure why the audience would care about it <laughs> Because the submarine is the much more interesting aspect of it. Anyways, on the submarine, Chris O'Donnell and El um, uh, Cool they realize we just got to try to sink the sub. It's a suicide mission, but we got to sink it. So they, they've like disconnected the batteries at one point to try to slow it down. But the the terrorists have like turned around and um, uh, they turned off the air and the, uh, the lights or the power in the front of the ship. So now they're going to be like running out of air. So they, they turn around and say, well, we can use these batteries to blow a hole in the submarine, and they do. So they're able to, like, punch a hole in the hole. And now, so their whole area is filling up with water, um, and they're slowing down. And the main captain's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, we're going to make it anyways. And eventually he's like, oh, wait, actually, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it to the aircraft carrier, so we have to open up the front of the submarine, kill them, and then we can use the uh, pumps to get rid of the water. And we can patch the hull. And they're like, okay, good idea. And they open up the door to where Chris O'Donnell and Ella Cool J are, and immediately all of them are killed. <laughs> it's like it's not even not even close. Like Ella Cool J and Chris O'Donnell immediately kill all three of them. They're in the submarine. They go, okay, we have to just well, we have to wait until the water fills up the submarine and then we'll free dive up to the surface. They do a bunch of science stuff about being like, you gotta scream all the way up, or else you're gonna die. All that kind of stuff. And then in the meantime, the Navy, who's gotten permission to shoot the submarine, they launch a torpedo. So just as the torpedo is going to kill this, uh, destroy the submarine, they dive out of the free dive out of the top of the submarine. And so, the, you know, NCIS LA is now up in a helicopter looking down. They see that the submarine's been destroyed. They're all crying, tears pouring down their face. As, as audience members, tears are pouring down our faces too. I was just like, whoa, I've only seen one episode. Well, two. But uh, LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell are my favorite TV characters, and I'm devastated that they have obviously died. Um, but no, they pop out of the ocean. And then quip after quip by Chris O'Donnell is basically like, <laughs> looks like you left your keys on that submarine. Looks like we're walking home. And everyone's like, laughs and laughs. And then they end up all coming back together. And they're like, hey, we're going to drink some beers together. We're going to drink some rum together. Then we're going to have a big old orgy. And so it ends with an orgy with everyone in NCIS LA having sex with each other. It was hot. Mainly Linda Hunt and Ella Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly. CBI, I did not think CBS had the guts to do it, but they did. They did it. Goddamn, they, the Mad Men did it. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So that was NCIS, Deep Trouble, Part 1 and Part 2. Sorry, NCIS LA. I was going to say. Part 1, Part 2. And yeah, it was 
It was an insane, it's an insane show. These NCIS shows, how much of NCIS did you watch? Did you watch all of it? No, no one's watched all of it. It's impossible. <laughs> like, that's impossible. There's been 17 seasons of that. It's, so just the, NCIS, going, literally, I had to look it up the other day because Gibbs, the guy who plays Mark Harmon, finally left. So he was, there's only one more person, I believe, who's been in every single season, which is their, like, mortician guy, Ducky. Who, Ducky, I was gonna say. He's literally like not, the actor's ninety years old or something like that. He's ancient. It's hilarious that he's still he's the last one standing out of everybody. Um, so no, no one's ever watched. I watched nine seasons of NCIS. Which who plays the the guy that's that's kind of the heel of all the jokes and whatnot? Uh, I'd only refer to him now as uh, he's Dinozo is the character's name. I just refer to him as Bull now because that was his second show as Bull. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah, not not him. Denoso. Oh, you, oh you sorry, sorry, sorry. Pick on the guy who looks like uh, Colin Hanks. <laughs> right, I was gonna say, isn't it Colin Hanks? It is not. No, it is not, like, in fact, Colin, like Colin Hanks. Hanks. He has a great. If you go to IMDb, I do recommend going going to IMDb because he has a great turtleneck. It's like a cable knit turtleneck that he wears in his IMDb photo. I'm sure it's still the same photo, but no, I do not know his name. <laughs> I do, I do know who you're referring to. No, it was like the the first two seasons, they have a different main character. It's this woman who eventually spoilies, uh, they kill off, and then they bring in Ziva. Ziva's the best. She's a former Mossad agent who, who comes to NCIS. It's basically Ziva, who's a Mossad agent, and then Dinozo, who is a former Baltimore City police officer. <laughs> Just like, Jesus Christ. McGee. McGee. Yeah, McGee, McGee went, went to MIT. He's like, he basically at one point like cracks the world's most complicated cryptography program or something like that. And I'm sitting there being like, that's impossible. <laughs> this is so stupid. The show is so stupid. So hopefully NCIS LA is like just as good. But my impression it was always they were lacking like the those ridiculous characters. Just the the combination of Dinozo, McGee, Gibbs, Ziva, Ducky whatever Paul Moretti or whatever the person the weirdo who worked who did all like the computer programs that combination is like unbeatable whereas in this one my impression was always you you had L Cool J Chris O'Donnell and not much else going for it yeah that's that was my that's how I feel like it ended up being it's like I was like oh Chris O'Donnell I'm kind of digging their banter I like their thing like I felt like their repartee was quite fun and then I was like oh I kind of I found everyone else kind of off-putting and like a really weird storyline for Deeks. I really didn't like Deeks. And then the two women who were like fawning over him for some reason. Uh, I found like that was like a storyline out of 1986 or something. So weird. It's like meow. Oh, when are the claws coming out, girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the uh, the frat boy like slash nerd slash... He was like, I, I don't that. know what he was trying to be. Yet. Yeah, yeah I have like no the idea. Popped collar all episode. Yeah, and I couldn't like rather I had, the collared shirt. And if hoodie. there was anyone, if there any of the side characters I kind of liked, I guess it was Nell, who was like one of the intelligence analysts. But they don't really have, they don't really let these people do much because everything, you know, there's only so much of an episode that can be devoted to the people doing like the analysis. So like, I just brought up a map. It's showing us where to go. Good luck, and then off you go. That's the end of that. So I do have a question for both of you. Yeah. Are, are either of you ever going to watch another NCIS Los Angeles episode? No. Probably not, unless okay. there was another. Is there another one with a submarine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know. that'd be the only way. <laughs> no, because I only asked I mean, that. You, 
I only asked that because when I watched, uh, I, I can't remember, we watched like the first two or three seasons of NCIS, and I, I remember never really be, like being very into it. And then all of a sudden, they have an episode which is was called The Mole Hunt. Ooh, they had to go find the mole in the organization. And it's this two-part episode where they're finding the mole. And w- as I was watching it, I transcended my body and I floated up to heaven. I was like, I understand. I understand the ridiculousness that is this show. I feel like there's probably an episode of NCIS where they make like 17 pants jokes in a row. And you're like, oh my God, they understand. They, they're they in on the joke. This entire thing is a joke. They get it. Yeah. yeah. It's like criminal, I, I guess- criminal, criminal Minds is exactly the same way where I'm like, this is kind of a dumb show. And then for the fourth time they go, this this serial killer has killed the most people in history. And I was thinking, like, you can't have found the four, the four most prolific serial killers in two years. You can't. And then that's when I realized, wait a minute, no, I, I get it. The writers know what they're doing. There's just always going to be more serial killers. <laughs> they're always going to kill more people. It's going to be, they're going to find a serial killer that killed a million people. And you're going to be like, that's insane, <laughs> but fine. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm a little surprised there isn't more NCIS episodes with submarines. We should have a whole bunch of them to you watch. You would think so. I think they're expensive. But no. Yeah, well, well, this didn't seem too expensive. Honestly, I, think I you feel have, like I I've think seen you the have shots to, of the submarine. You have to rent the set, I think, is the problem. Whereas, yeah. for the most part, they have their standing sets where they go they go into their like their stupid office with all their computer screens, and they jabber for a while. I, I watched a late, actually nothing, but I did watch one NCIS Los Angeles episode that randomly was on television. And I swear to God, it was the most poorly directed episode of television I've ever watched in my life. There were moments yeah. where it was like completely washed out. They're very clearly filming like just outside the studio, outside of like an office building. And it's like close up shots of two people's faces for 15 minutes and they say nothing. And you're just like, I, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, they also, I mean, the, the weird, the weirdest part of the episode in this case is just how much of what they were doing was um, computer graphics. Yeah. Like at one point they, they punch a hole in the submarine and clearly they, they're not allowed to punch a hole and like spray water through the submarine or whatever, whatever set they are. So it's clearly just like computer graphics water like spraying, oh, up, spraying around them. At one point they're sitting there talking to each other and they're just like a stream of water. I'm like, that water's fake. They're not, it's not, it's not even real water. They just like put it on top of the screen or whatever. That's what you're, that's what um, you're competing with is literally filming in broad daylight, just outside their studio, uh, on a set and, uh, with CGI. That's what you're competing with. That's why they don't, they don't have too many submarine episodes. Yeah. And did you mention, uh, Jamie, like where they were, their offices were just looked like a like South American style looking like hotel or villa. Yeah, it's because they're on a whatever they're like in a warehouse. Yeah, like at one point I I was like sitting there being like, isn't LL Cool J supposed to be like the senior agent or something like that? I'd be like, can I have an office? They basically had just like a like a screen put up around them. Yeah, they, their their desks were in the middle of like a giant room. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> what what is the setup they have going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so, so should we give uh, should we give ratings, oh, yeah. Patrick? Uh, what rating? What rating? <laughs> oh, no. for this episode? Uh, well, based we on do that, it out of six. Remember, you got to do we do it out of six. We do it out of six. So TV, TV um, one. Well, yeah. NCIS is a six. Criminal Wines is a five. <sighs> so nice. I'm going to give all of NCIS LA. I think I'm going to give a four. 
in general. Really? What about New Orleans? Where does that fall on that? Oh, I guarantee you that New Orleans is the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. So that's probably, <laughs> I guarantee you that is just that, an absolute abomination. It's probably, it's probably yeah. CSI cyber level. That hopefully, even, hopefully we have a submarine. Yeah, hopefully we have a submarine episode. Scott Bakula vessel? It's basically, oh, as far as I can tell, it's Scott Bakula and probably a revolving door of, of, you know, tele- deep tele- cut del- television actors. That's probably what it is. So. All right. It's like Mark Harmon. They, they realized that they couldn't always get uh, a one-two punch of former genuine movie stars, Chris O'Donnell Donald and uh, Ella Cool J. So they had to go back to Mark Harmon of vaguely 80s television stars <laughs> who now need, needs a paycheck for the next 20 years. No, you, you, you're you're downplaying the true appeal of Bacula and Harmon, which is essentially getting 60 and 70 year old women. Oh yeah, ready to watch yeah. some NCIS. They remember in summer like, school. Whoa. They are getting jazzed. All right, Brian, what, what do you got? You get? Okay, uh, not, I go first. You go first. No, do you go first? I, I go. go. You go. Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll go. Uh, I, I say all the time. If, you, if you've listened to this pod for any extended time, I love like a lot of the BBC shows and whatnot. I don't know if it's the accents that like disguise, you know, maybe some of the, the shortfalls uh, of those series. Uh, but it, it really does just feel like they make better TV over there, just like network TV over in England. Um because all the stuff that they shovel on us here in the states is is terrible. Um, I can't really get into any of it. And like uh, as uh, Patrick's alluding to, you know, you're you're kind of looking at it for like kind of the cringe appeal or wacky appeal, and and trying to find something good to say about a lot of these shows uh, in order to make them palatable. And I think this is definitely uh, more par for the course, kind of formulaic. Network television, I, I did like, as Jamie said, the, the Chris O'Donnell, LL Cool J buddy cop banter and whatnot. It was just like kind of one of those things that was just like it was fun to watch and look at. Uh, just like how many jokes can they cram in here? Like this is ridiculous. Like they're dying. They're like going to be dead in like five minutes. They're planning to be dead, but they're still just rattling off these jokes and one-liners like there's no actual dialogue everything is like uh, a joke and if there was a laugh track on the show it would just be like everything was queued up for a laugh track like everything they said was uh, a little witticism <clears throat> um so that was kind of entertaining to watch i mean they are charismatic charismatic actors i did i, I mean elo cool j is a god like I, I love him and everything that he's been in um so uh, th- those guys were fun. I-, I wasn't as down on Eric Christian Olsen as uh, as Jamie was. I thought he-, he brought a few things to the show. But other than that, like everyone else, who just kind of wanted to shoo off the screen. Um, wasn't really interested in a lot of the things that were uh, going on with uh, Linda Hunt and Miguel Ferrer's, you know, characters. Linda Hunt getting sent back to Washington. It was like, again, you could have just jumped into this episode and uh, didn't really need to have seen any of the previous episodes in the series to kind of get the gist of what's going on here. Um, and just couldn't be brought to care about Linda Hunt. If she's going to get fired or not, then okay, whatever. I'm sure they'll bring someone else in. I, I, I didn't know if they were playing her off just because she's older and wanting to retire, and they were trying to find a way to, to conclude her time on the series or not. That's kind of the vibe that I got. And like whoever they brought in, I'd be like, okay, well, here's here's new boss, 
don't really care. Again, Chris O'Donnell, LO Cool J, really piloting the series and bringing the value to it for me. Um, but uh, still not something that's going to make me want to watch it anymore. Um, it was fun. It was funny. It was ridiculous, over the top. It was confusing, like how they um, <laughs> skipped skipped over a few things, jumped around. Uh, it, was, it was ridiculous. Um, but uh, not not the best thing that we've watched here in terms of TV series on the pod. Uh, I think I'll just come kind of in the middle here. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three. Three and a half. I'll give it a three and a half. Just, just to right. point out, well, Brom, uh, Linda Hunt was on 12 seasons. Right. Okay. <laughs> so she, kept, she kept it going. Uh, she kept it going. Yeah, she kept it going. <laughs> Okay. You don't leave yeah. and say yes. <laughs> You're shoved out the door after ten seasons. Yeah, and well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with a uh, a two and a half. I think oh just balance God. you out. Give us a, an average of a three. Absolutely abomination. But go on. <laughs> oh, you think I should be higher or lower? I'm thinking I nailed it with a four. But go on. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't love any of the characters. Chris O'Donnell, um, Ella Cool J were, were great. So I guess that is a, that is a perk. The rest of them I could have done without. I could have just had them running around, and that would have been fine uh, by me. Um, otherwise, the whole concept was uh, somewhat confusing. Um, I guess it was fun once we got in the submarine, and it was it was quite a bit of submarine. I was happy about that, mm-hmm. and it was a submarine. That was actually one thing that was kind of interesting. It was not a submersible; it was a submarine, full full blown uh, submarine at that point, um, and so that was good. But yeah, the the series is not one I will revisit. I found it very strange, um, and I guess I'm not just not experienced enough in the NCIS watching, uh, like you, Patrick, uh, to appreciate maybe the finer points. Maybe I have to go back to uh, NCIS, or maybe I should just maybe I should just you know really wallow in the mud and go for NCIS New Orleans and just like live in that. Maybe I'll become that's my new thing. Maybe I'm just like the NCIS New Orleans guy. I mean, um, there's and a, everyone asks I what I'm up a to. Criminal Minds spinoff, which I think would be even even crazier to watch. But yeah, maybe I just like start wearing like uh, jaunty hats and, and being like, I love Criminal Minds Cyber or whatever the new one would be. I think what you um, should actually do is read the NCIS books, maybe. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, I'll just be like, Hey, have you read? Have you seen this the latest episode of of the Criminal <laughs> Criminal Minds? And a big and what do you think of my hat? And that'll be what I do. Because uh, otherwise, not much else that this uh, show is bringing to the table. Um, one thing to just to throw it out there before we move on, um, in case you were uh, concerned, um, episode 11 of season six, Kenzie and Deeks become a couple. Well, so I know that was like hinted at. And they were saying, oh, we're not boyfriend-girlfriend, but... Which season? Season six, so ten episodes okay. after this episode. Question: Do they, do they ever they get married? That I don't know. Okay. I mean, I guess I guess we could probably figure that out. Kenzie Bly does have a Wikipedia page. So, uh, personal background. That's always the funniest um, thing um, of these of these shows. Is like McGee, for example, was on I don't know, like twenty seasons of NCIS. So he his character stays around for like ever, even after Dinozo uh, <laughs> and all of them and Ziva and all of them leave. But he eventually like marries someone. They have like kids. He has like an entire family. He goes through like the entire life cycle of being this lonely nerd in the basement, all the way up to like a family man. Mark Harmon being like, "You're the son I never had." So yeah, so they got you married. Said, so you they, said they got McGee. engaged. Yeah, McGee oh, sorry, gets married in the yeah. 
in doing my research for for this tonight, I, I saw that I guess um, Margot Harshman plays his wife, who played Tawny Dean on Even Stevens, <laughs> and okay. uh, she I guess is making a comeback or something. It was in the news or whatnot that her character is going to be back for an episode or two. Yeah, just like a fan favorite, I guess. Amazing. Yeah, so um, so they got engaged in season nine, and then uh, they were married, and then now they're trying to get pregnant. Oh, so I thought you were going to say they divorced. <laughs> no, that, that would run funnier, funnier, but no. <laughs> no. They are doing great. Uh, she's got a nickname, KK. That's what Deeks calls her. So And Sugar Bear. That's also a Deeks nickname. Okay. Deeks, Deeks original right there. Amazing. All right. Um, I don't have too much to go from here because obviously you spoiled uh, Phantom Zone uh, with the beer fest mm, uh, which sorry. obviously we've connected back to whatever but th- you know I don't know if you knew but there was a short lived uh, NCIS uh, season called NCIS um, at Harris uh, and it was just at Harris he basically loved NCIS so much but he was like eh, I'm not into leaving my house and so they just made an <laughs> NCIS where it was just him and he was doing um, Navy cyber crimes from his basement um <laughs> And then, yeah, you know, he won several Emmys for it, uh, but uh, eventually he killed his own character off. And now, I, I forget who's starring in it now, Al Pacino or something? Um, but it's very strange <laughs> since it's uh, NCIS at Harris, and so Al Pacino has to solve all the crimes from Ed Harris' basement. So it's, uh, it's a little odd. Uh, I'd watch so. it, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'd definitely watch that. Yeah. Al Pacino in a show called NCIS at Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah. yeah, and he has to live in Ed Harris's basement. Does anyone uh, anyone have any games? I do. I do have a J archive. I have a couple of J archives. Awesome. If you're ready to, awesome. to do that. Well, so. I was gonna. <clears throat> I, can I do my game first? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So go my ahead. game sure. is just. It's called um, uh, Patrick. Patrick plays the hits. I just made this up uh, because I just I've been enjoying just asking you about garbage television. Both of you guys just just joshing joshing around about it. Have either of you seen? the previews for the new Criminal Minds, like, resurrected series? Uh, no. Yeah, they're making it very, very serious. It seems like it's very serious. Yeah, yeah, but have you, do you know what the storyline is? No, no, Oh, I my don't. God, it's incredible. Uh, it, this is going to be a quick recap of the, of the storyline, which is that they figure out that during the pandemic, a serial killer formed a network of other serial killers, and oh, now that right. the pandemic is over, all the serial killers are going and killing people all at the same time across the country. Which just get begs the question, were serial killers, like, obeying the stay-at-home orders? Which is what they kind of posit, which is absurd. <laughs> which just makes me kind of want to watch the show, but whatever. So, so. Is, it a, is, it a, is it like a miniseries? Yeah, I think so. They got, they got um, not the original guy, not a, a what's-his-face from Homeland. Um, I can never remember his, remember his name. The guy from Princess Bride was the original guy. Oh. But it was replaced by, uh, again, I can't remember his name, the... I can't remember. It was replaced by Montaigne. Yes, Montaigne. There we go. So you have him and I think two other people from the original series. But everyone else kind of, it's kind of funny. The guy who's in SWAT like left, but he's the star of other television shows. So he's not back. But like everyone else was like kicked off because they were assholes. (laughs) So like half of them aren't back. So it is kind of, it's going to be a weird series, but I don't know. I haven't decided whether I'm going to watch it. It looks, it looks ultra stupid so i probably will at some point that's my game all right <laughs> we're gonna play a little jeopardy okay. i found two different ones for you guys to play real quick awesome 
Um, since, Brom, you gave the lower score, you get to go first. Uh, 400, 800. Oh, actually, let's do the other one. Since this is a 200, 400, 600, 800, uh, 1,000. It's 90s R&B and hip-hop. Whoa. 200, 400, 600, 800. Give me 600. 600. Ladies love this cool guy who was both doing it and lounging in 1996. Who is LL Cool James? Very good. Great. Perfect ch- choice right there. Patrick, what do you got? 200, 400, 800,000. Got to hunt for those daily doubles. Give me the 800. All right. Uh, it's not a daily double. Uh, in 1992, this vocal group, who are always in style, sang, No, you're never going to get it. And my lovin'. Never going to get it. Boys to men? That is not. Okay, come on. <laughs> Say the question one more time. In 1992, this vocal group, who are always in style, sang, No, you're never going to get it, and my love it. And style's supposed to be a hint, but I... I I'm, it is. It's supposed to be a hint. Uh, I don't know. It's en vogue. En vogue. En vogue. Get the, get the picture. All right, Brom, 200, 400, or 1,000. Give me 1,000. All right, I'm kind of buzzed, and it's all because of this Montel Jordan number one R&B hit. We also learn South Central does it like nobody does. The name of the song? Yep, I'm kind of buzzed, and it's all because of this Montel Jordan number one R&B hit. We also learn South Central does it like nobody does. I don't know. I'm going to go with I'm in love. This is how we do oh. it. This is how we do this it. This is how we do it. Da, 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 da. South Central does it like nobody does. Of course. Of course. <laughs> All right, Patrick, 200 or 400? Let's go 200. I need a win. Uh, and you can't touch this. He rapped he, his thanks to the Lord for blessing me with a mind to rhyme and two hyped feet. And you can't MC Hammer. Very good. Nice. All right, so it's 200 to 600. Uh, all right, uh, now it's a buzz in, so 400. Buzz it in if you think you know it. Making their top 40 debut in 1991, this vocal group told us Motown Philly's back again, doing buzz. a little East Coast swing. Okay, what is it? Motown Philly's back again. Boys to men. Yeah, boys to men. Yeah. It's 1,000 to 200. All right, we're going to move on to the second category for us to go. Uh, we're going to switch up who goes first. Patrick, you're going to be going first. Actors playing writers, 400, mm. 800, 1,200, 1,600, 2,000. I have to I have to rely on my inherent abilities uh, and go with 1,000. Got to get to catch up. Uh, it's not 1,000. 400, 800, 1,200, 1,600, Ooh, or 12. 2,000 then, definitely. 2,000. Chris O'Donnell was in Love and War as a young version of this U.S. novelist who falls for a nurse in World War One. It's a little man named Ernest Hemingway. Very good. We watched that one for a little thing called Bad Movie Twins. That's badmovietwins.com. All right. Uh, Brahm, 400, 800, 1200, or 1600? Uh, 800. 800. Opposite Toby Jones is Truman Capote. Sandra Bullock played this author, famed for her soul novel. Not anymore, soul novel, but at the time, soul novel. Opposite of who? Truman Capote? So opposite Toby Jones as Truman Capote. Truman Sandra Capote. Bullock played this author, famed for her soul novel. I don't know. Patrick? Man, I can't believe it's... 
it's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Is it Lee Harper? Harper Lee. It is. Oh, no. Harper Lee. Harper Harper Lee. Lee. I corrected in time. Actually, I corrected in time. It is. I will say it's very funny. One of the people playing this uh, Jeopardy was named Patrick. So 2000, mm-hmm. correctly answered by Patrick. 800, correctly answered by Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick. Uh, 400, 1200, or 1600? We go 1600. 1600. Everyone knows this actress wasn't afraid to play Virginia Woolf in the hours. Meryl Streep? Nope. Um, do you know who it is? Everyone knows, knows this actress wasn't afraid to play Virginia Woolf in the hours. Does she have a big nose? She had a prosthetic nose. Oh. In the film, The Hours. Oh. I don't know. It is Nicole Kidman. I was going to say, that was the other one in The Hours, was Nicole Kidman. Who did Meryl Streep play the nose? I can't remember. But she was, Nicole Kidman was the one with the nose because I kind of made fun of the fact that I think. I think she was nominated for an Oscar. Maybe she won an Oscar. And it was kind of like, oh, she just puts on a prosthetic nose and wins Oscars. Uh, all right, 400, 1,200, Brom. What's the lowest, 400? 400 or 1,200. I need an easy one. Give me 400. In The Raven, a serial killer is inspired by the works of this author, played by John Cusack. Uh, who is Edgar Allan Poe? Correct. Now you get to buzz in, $1,200. In Misery, this actress gives novelist James Kahn the agony of defeat. God, what's her uh, name? Buzz. Be- Bez. Patrick? Uh, Kathy Bates. Very good. Who is Kathy, Kathy Bates? Bates. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think Patrick ended up winning that one. I do. I, yeah, I do think so. Keep exact score of that one, but um, he crushed it with that Chris O'Donnell <clears throat> in Love and War. Uh, you ever seen Love in Love and War, bro? I have not, no. Yeah, well, we watched it I'm, for Bad Movie I haven't seen any of those. Didn't see any of the, the movies in question there. You've never seen Misery? Never Misery? Nope. It's good. I would have got, I got, uh, I buzzed in. I would have got Kathy Bates. But hot take. I, Misery is good. It. You should watch it. That's a hot take? I, hot. I feel like it's pretty popular. It's blazing he's hot. Being, he's, he's being a facetious. 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 Okay. All right. That's all I got. I don't think I have anything else. All right. Well, I got something for you guys. Cool. Great. Um, I don't know if, if Patrick remembers, or even for that matter, Jamie, but I, I feel like Jamie might remember this. Uh, when you guys are on, I have a face-off oh, yeah. game. I'm going to take my face uh, off and put it on Jamie's face, but no one notices because it's <laughs> the same face. Go on. But I think it's evolved over time. But it started with face-off, where you guys had to tell me if the trivia was in regards to mm-hmm. uh, John Travolta or Nick Cage, I believe. Um... And it's evolved over time. I think you guys work together now as, as a team. Uh, nice. As the Bad Movie Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if you guys can can vibe and resonate on the same frequency and get all of the trivia correct. I need you guys to tell me, on seven points of trivia, is it a Chris O'Donnell fun fact Ooh. or an LL Cool James fun fact? Okay. Yeah. Seems easy, but go on. It probably won't be. <laughs> all right. You guys, I'll allow you to work together. We'll see if the bad movie twins here are resonating at this at the correct frequency tonight. Number one, this actor was in a McDonald's commercial with Michael Jordan. What are you guys feeling? I'm feeling maybe I'm feeling Chris O'Donnell. I'm just here's what I'm thinking. Do you think it okay. could have been for Batman? That's a good question. That's, a, 90s, that's pretty good. Late 90s. Let's do it. Chris O'Donnell. It was not for Batman. 
But at 13 years of age, Chris O'Donnell was <laughs> discovered after appearing in the said commercial. <laughs> okay, there we go. Good. It's a good thought Number process. Two. Yeah. Number two, this actor turned down the opportunity to play what ultimately became Will Smith's character in 1997's Men in Black. <laughs> I mean, sh- surely it wasn't. Yeah, it's got to be Al Cool J. Al Cool J. Correct answer, Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe it. He turned it down. It was locked in. It was going to be him and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Number three, this actor endorsed Republican governor of New York, George Pataki's bid for a third term. What year would this have been? I don't know. Uh, let's go Ella Cool J. Yeah, he, he was... He's from... Is he from New York? I think he's a New York rapper, right? Isn't it? And it would make sense. He was he was very controversial early on, so it would make, maybe make sense if there was a, a particular weird reason for, like, he didn't want to ban rap music or something. Yeah, LL Cool J. 2002, LL okay. Cool J. Uh, I don't know if it was around uh, music downloading rights, but he, I guess mm. uh, LL Cool J was very enraptured in the, uh, the fight to... Uh, Stop illegal downloads in 2003. So there might have been some overlap there. (coughs) Pardon me. Uh, Number four. This actor was awarded a major role after his headshot won a survey in which respondents were asked, who looks like they could win a fist fight? Chris O'Donnell. The actor was awarded a major role after his headshot won a survey in which respondents were asked, who looks like they could win a fist fight? I bet it's Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, what would be? It's either for Robin, or I could imagine that being something because it was such a such a hot part for Scent of a Woman. What was Al Cool J's like early early role? I can't even think of one really. I don't know. Yeah, let's go Chris O'Donnell. Just be easy. He's trying to trick us. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell beating beating out Leonardo DiCaprio. Chris O'Donnell was awarded the role of Robin oh, because okay. of a comic convention survey. I was gonna say it's either Batman or or Scent of a Woman. Scent of a Woman is such a such a hot um, role that I could imagine them kind of being like, okay, we got these three people. We're narrowed down down to, you know, let's ask a bunch of weird questions, and that's how we're gonna determine the final <laughs> spot over. But it just makes sense, Robin. Where it's like, do you think you went a fist fight? Can you fight? punch someone like, in the yeah, face? All respondents at the comic convention for the survey were required to be 11-year-old boys. Imagine so. if Leonardo DiCaprio was Robin. That was like his earlier role. And then he's what he is now, which is effectively uh, slowly aging into Jack Nicholson. Leo wanted it. It was it was narrowed down to Chris O'Donnell and Leo. That'd be a wilder Batman and Robin film. And that would have been uh, George Clooney, right? George Clooney and Robin, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, no, Robin's video. first in the Val Kilmer one. Oh, it was Val Kilmer? Yes, Val Kilmer is the one where they introduce Robin. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Okay. Um, number five. This actor appeared in the introduction to WrestleMania 31. Ooh, 31. You know what? You, you memorized all the years. What year is that, Jimmy? <laughs> well, I didn't give you the year. <laughs> no idea. Um, no Let's just go L Cool J. I feel like we're lighter than L Cool J yeah, right now. Let's go L Cool J. 
LL Cool J kicked off WrestleMania in 2015 with a dramatic introduction video. This actor has shared the silver screen with Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Robin Williams and Chris O'Donnell. Robin We're Williams. in what together? Robin Williams and LL Cool J. <laughs> We're in what together? Oh, toys. Yes. Hello, Cool Jack. You got it. Um, Very good. Toys. Jamie getting there. Was that on Bad Movie Twins? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it also, is. you know, Good Movie Twins, which is our, when we watch movies we loved when we were kids. You loved it as a child? Oh, yeah. I never saw it. I always saw the box art and was very intrigued by it i'm like ooh, robin williams and it's a movie called toys i should i should like this it's a weird movie but it yeah when you're a child it has has some it has some positive things about it some some interesting visuals and all that and number seven and finally this actor attended my hometown shelby county fair when i was a child when you were Uh, a child so yeah cool j for sure what 54 um yeah. <laughs> sure, Alo Cool J, that makes sense. Thirty two. Alo Cool J. Correct answer. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, did he say hello? I did not. I, did he did he I, say hello? And you were like, get not. out of my face. I was gonna say if we got that one, one, the only one we would have missed was the one where you lied about um Alo Cool J not being in Men in Black or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was Chris O'Donnell. Sorry guys, five for seven. Very it's good pretty, though. It's pretty good. It's good score, not your best. Pretty you, guys good. Have, you guys have uh, been perfect before, but uh, that means uh, you're just a little out of practice, a little rusty. It means we'll have to have Patrick back on again soon for some other terrible knockoff TV drama. Oh, yeah. I'm, all, I'm always here for television. I'm here for cartoons. Cartoons for sure. we gotta do, we got to do cartoons. Oh, my God. There's 1,000 cartoons. So, we have all those ones. Uh, what was the what was the production company you guys found? Deke. It wasn't Hanna. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like the. It wasn't. It wasn't Hanna Barbera. Was the other. It was one. the other one. It was the one that came after Hanna Barbera. Yeah, there's like we're talking about 11, Dick, right? There's like eleven shows. Dick. Yeah, I tried to find. <laughs> I tried to find ten shows. Uh, and I think there was like eleven. There's like eleven series that had submarines. Yeah, there's weird ones like Frogger. Frogger is the funniest one because Frogger. Uh, you can only find one clip online, and it happens to be the clip that is with the submarine, <laughs> which is crazy. It's a lost. It's a lost series. No one has any any episodes. No one knows where it went. Lost media. Interesting. Well, we'll have to find it. Yeah. It could be a, a little project. spinoff documentary mm-hmm. series of ours. Yeah. The thing I need to find is at one point I remember once on the treadmill I used to watch bad movies and just kind of throw them on on like Tubi and stuff. And there was one time where I was watching this action film. And they have this, it opens with them, a mission in Panama or something. And the, the, the mission goes wrong. And then they transition to them heading back to the United States. And there's just like a one shot of a, you know, stock footage of a submarine. And then the rest of the movie goes on from there. <laughs> and so we'll have to find that one for, <laughs> for this as well. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Oh, well, wow. thank you so much, Patrick, for joining us tonight. My pleasure. Yeah, uh, look at this. I gotta say the time the timing of this is impeccable. We're like, a, like exactly an hour. It's like unprecedented how quickly we just did that. Yeah, I like it. All right. So I'm feeling Until pretty good again, Patrick. All right. We'll 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 catch you, listeners, next week. I have no idea what we're recording, but we're back. We're sticking to it. 
And uh, we'll be back in the saddle each week for something for you guys to listen to. Patrick, uh, say something funny to, to close out the episode. Uh, uh, Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com.